single white trailer All town and song Four dogs in the backyard With kick the screens in the That it screams Mama, the little boy cringes as he screams He says I'll be a prophet boy One day you'll be like me And he thinks I will take a different road Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. And guys, today we're doing it uh, a little different, a little unique, and we'll just see how this plays out. So uh, we're recording it three different ways. Number one, we're recording it uh, through GarageBand, which will be the audio only that goes to iTunes. And uh, you can subscribe there. I'd love for you guys to go to iTunes, uh, click subscribe, and uh, leave a review. That would be awesome if you would do that. Um, But then I'm recording it on my phone. Uh, So I'm doing Facebook Live, and that's only in the closed Facebook group, which we got about... I don't know, a couple thousand, 2,000 plus guys that are in there uh, all over the world, just good dudes. We get better together all the time. The questions that are asked in there, um, really good, really good stuff. And so I'd encourage you to check that out if you want. And then uh, I got a camera above that, which is recording it that I will eventually post to uh, YouTube. Just again, a different way to continue this conversation. This topic today is really unique. Um, I don't want to come across as a, like a curmudgeon or as I said yesterday, a, hey, get off my lawn kind of guy. Uh, but this is a topic that I've been thinking about for a while here. Um, I, uh, I, I've added it up today. I've been a part of seven churches. And some of you guys maybe have grown up in one church. Uh, and that's the only church you've been a part of. But I've been a part of seven different churches, either as a member or staff member. So, um, you know, that's some back home. And then that obviously as a staff member now. So when I think of seven churches, I'm thinking of my experience. But also I'm thinking of even a broader picture because there's churches that I have attended Periodically, whether it was a friend or visiting them, that I've been there two, three, four times. So when I think of what I'm talking about today, uh, I'm not talking about you. So if you know me through like our church, like I'm a pastor of a church here in Indy, uh, I'm not necessarily talking about you, and I'm not talking about um, a church that I've been a part of. Sometimes I will be, sometimes I won't, because uh, I'm leaning into my experience. But what I'm also leaning into is your feedback. And so I asked this question yesterday in our closed group, and I asked this question yesterday on uh, Twitter. So if you're in our closed group, you can look at that question and see some of the answers. And on Twitter, you can see some of the replies there. Some of them are really good. And uh, I already had the notes kind of lined out for this, but it's interesting to see what uh, people uh, that what people had responded and what they said. So uh, we'll go from there. We'll get started. And again... Uh, here's what I know before we ever get into this. Um, the, we want guys in our churches to, sh- to show up, to have a presence, to join the church, become a member of the church, serve the church, tithe at the church, be there. Don't just show up. But, uh, listen, um, I, we want guys to make it a priority. That they see church is not a burden. You know, when I think of church for some people, sometimes I think of like a senior who has to take a study hall his senior year. 
And so you walk into study hall and you kind of plop your bag down and you show up when you show up and you get all the bathroom passes you can take because let's be honest, you don't want to be in study hall. You talk the whole time, you pass notes, and um, we just kind of put our feet on the chair and we just get through it. Uh, I don't want to see, uh, I don't want you guys to see church as... um, as like a study hall to see, uh, just plopping down and just getting through it. And man, if I'm here, my wife will get off my back. My kids will have fun and I'll get a free coffee. And, uh, I've been to some churches that the coffee's not that good, so it's not worth, uh, getting up for anyway. So, um, again, what we want to do with pursuit of manliness is address issues within, uh, that will make us be a better man of God. And so I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know if you attend church. I know this podcast will be posted the week prior to Easter right now. So you might be inviting someone to church and thinking about someone who might be completely uncomfortable going to church. This might be something that uh, they listen to. Listen, this is not; these are not rules. These are tips. And I don't know if your church has rules. I don't think my church has rules. Uh, but tips, this is a way that you'll have a better experience. But remember, it's not about you. It's about other people. And one of the things we talk about a lot in the church I serve at is think about the guest. Think about the person who doesn't know you. Think about the person who doesn't know the nursery or where the coffee is, where the bathrooms are. We think about those people uh, because you were once a first-time person at that church as well. So we're going to get into this list. Um, again, this may apply to you. This may not apply to you. We'll just see. We'll see how it goes. The first thing you need to do, the first tip you need when you are going to church is you need to pick a service. Now, our church right now has one service. On Easter, we have two, 9 and 10.30 for you guys watching. We pick a service. You have to pick a service. Um, this is important, too, when you travel. So when we travel, we try to go to church. I know for some people, when they travel, uh, they're on vacation, church is off the board. Man, we're not. why would I ever do that? I'm going to walk into a church. I don't know anybody. Listen, it is an inconvenience to go to church on vacation. It is absolutely an inconvenience. But if it is a value to you, you'll make it happen. It can be an inconvenience to find new restaurants on vacation too, but I make it happen. Never miss. I never miss eating. I never miss going to the beach. I never miss shopping. I never miss you know going to a minor league baseball game. I don't miss those things because they're a value to me. And if I'm trying to create a rhythm in my life, and I'm trying to create a rhythm in my kid's life, I'm not going to miss. I may not enjoy it. I may not know what I'm going to wear, and I may not know, but I am going to get online either days beforehand or hours beforehand, and I'm going to pick a service and say, that's the one we're attending. If you have a home church, pick a service and say, that's the one I'm going to attend. And again, depending, if you have multiple services, then it might, they might vary depending on your season of life, but you must, you got to pick a service. And the reason why this is important is because church should start for you the night before. Like I, I tell people this and I think it's OCD, but I will always lay my clothes out the night before, especially before church, because I'm not a morning person. So I get up, I grab the stuff and I, 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 wa- I wobble into the shower and I don't want to be there and I'm tired and, and eventually I wake up. You pick a service, you know that's our time. And so we start getting our kids' clothes laid out. We start talking about who's going to take a shower, who's not going to take a shower. Uh, we've even made the coffee the night before, you know, get the grounds in there, the water in there. Um, but it all starts with, Picking the service. If you go to the ten thirty service, you, that, that that then you know everything prior to that. You, you, I would hope you do this at work, right? At work, if you start at nine, I'm hoping you're not getting dressed at eight forty five. If you are, don't be shocked when you're starting at a different job somewhere else, or, or school, or the bus stop. You know, we have time. There's there's something about church though. We feel like eh, it doesn't matter. So first and foremost. Pick a service. Number two, this is almost like connected, tied together with this. Leave on time. Leave on time. Man, when you show up late, 
It is a distraction to everybody. I know some people think it's cute and it's funny and it's like, this is who we are. We're just, you know, this is us, but it's not funny. It, it's not cute. And um, the, the, the truth is this. Think about it this way. <clears throat> if you show up late and you have children and you walk in, the people working with kids are now having to work a little bit longer because the people doing check-in now have to do the check-in longer because you didn't show up on time. And I'm not talking about a visitor. I'm talking about the person, this is your church, and you always go there. So if you show up late, now they got to stay longer. I've seen this happen. Now they're staying long. Oh, I'll come back. I'll get stickers. And of course you want to drop your kids off because we love free childcare, right? So you want to drop your kids off. And then what happens is in that room, the teachers have already started like teaching. They've started the activity. They've started like getting all, know all the kids' names. They've started all that stuff happening. And then you add your kids to the mix, and it just throws everything off. And let's be really honest. Let's call it what it is. It's just being irresponsible. I'm not saying the days you get a flat tire. I'm not saying the days you had somebody sick. I'm not saying if you want to be responsible, you show up on time. Show up on time. Again, you wouldn't hopefully do this at work. And there really are no excuses. I was thinking about this because I'm a staff member. And I know everyone, well, it's different for you because you work there. Right. Well, my wife doesn't work there. My wife has uh, never been paid to be a children's ministry staff member. I've heard of other people getting paid, their wives getting paid. My wife has never gotten paid to be a children's ministry staff member. And there were times where we had four services, one on Saturday and three on Sunday, and they would go to all the services. So we had three kids. I had a newborn and two girls and a wife, and they would be at three services on Sunday, sometimes one on Saturday night. Now you'd say, well... That, that's because you're a staff member. You should do that. But we had volunteers who own their own business. They homeschooled their kids. Their kids are incredible baseball players. They were on traveling teams. And they would serve every Saturday night. And then they would serve, if needed, on Sunday. But definitely go to church on Sunday. So it comes down to your perspective on church. Do you want to be there or not? And if you do, then you need to leave on time. You need to make it a priority to be on time. And we're going to get into part of this later on. But it's a great chance to talk to people, too. When you walk in late, you're hurried, you're flustered. Again, you're not going to get in. And then you get upset if they're out of donuts or out of coffee or you know they're out of stuff. Well, they had stuff 30 minutes ago. And unless your church is changing service times every other weekend, you should know when church is. Like, you should know. So if it starts at 9, then maybe you need to be there at 8.30 or 8.40. If it starts at 9, don't show up at 9.10 and then be bummed like they're out of stuff. And they, you know, I know some churches, I've never been a part of this. I wanted to. Um, some churches will cut the check off for kids like at a certain time, no more. And so you got to figure out what to do with your kids. And again, that makes parents angry and upset. But again, we are staffing these rooms and getting people prepared. It just throws everybody off because, again, uh, especially the people that are habitually late. Like, What is going on in your life that you can't get there on time? Number three, get in. Talking about the worship center, sanctuary, auditorium, whatever you want to call it. Get in before it starts. The coffee bar, I've seen this happen, like the coffee bar, or if you have like soft seating, or I've been in part of churches that have like really nice chairs, you know, out in like the auditorium area, like really nice furniture. And people will grab a coffee and just sit there and unwind and talk during worship. And they may meander in eventually for like the teaching, but um, get in there, like get into church. I know, well, it's not fun. It's not supposed to be fun. Okay, get get in there. Go get into church uh, again. It's important that we do this because if we don't do it, it makes people's jobs harder. If you walk in wherever, whenever you want to, I've been, again, churches with ushers. 
Churches with communion servers. I've been a part of a church that when they were serving communion, they would not let you in the doors until it was over. Because they want you getting in the way. They want to keep you out there because there, there are things happening. And again, if you're a guest, listen, if you're a non-Christian guy and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, see, that's why I don't go to church. That's why. You, we love all the perks that come with church. We love that there's always going to be somebody speaking, right? You may not like what they say, but there's going to be someone speaking. There'll be some songs. There might be just some desserts. There's going to be someone watching my kids. We love all those things. Well, those things don't just happen. They happen through preparation. And they happen through meetings. And they happen through emails and text. And like my wife is staffing the children's environment for nursery. And it's incredible the number of people that you need for nursery and preschool and children's. And because you're going to come to church on Easter, hopefully, and want to take your kids somewhere. We need you to help us, help us meet us halfway. Okay. So we want to get in before it starts. This should be an unwritten rule. Like if you, if you don't have your normal, typical seat, that's going to be okay. All right. I've seen people like crawl over people. I've seen people like wait for someone to move over or you have to get up and you have to sit on the end because, you know, for whatever reason, like I I get if you're a communion server, you want to sit on the end somewhere. Uh, Absolutely. We want you there because we want you to get up, get out. Certainly. But again, Sit somewhere that's not distracting. If you are a habitual getter-upper, maybe you're in the back where people don't see you getter-upper all the time, right? So when you get up, this last weekend, I had the opportunity to just sit in church. It was almost like um, like on the spring break day where all the kids get to watch movies before uh, they go on spring break, like the teachers aren't doing anything. That's what I felt like. Like I did like the welcome to the service thing, and that was it. So I sat there, and I'm telling you, as the person who sits there, you see everybody. Like I saw the guys get up. I saw the people leave. I saw – like you see it all. And again, I know for some people, they're not concerned about that. But again, the guest is going, what, what is going on? I've been a part of services where you go – everybody is moving and going or there's a certain point where you see like three or four people get up. You're like, did they all just text group text each other to um, get in before it starts? Number four, empty your bladder, fill your cup, empty your bladder, fill your cup. So if you get to church on time, go pee. All right, go to whatever you got to do. I don't care what your number is. Do it. When you get to church, go to the bathroom. All right. Uh, This is what happens. I was a children's pastor for a long time. And as soon as I would um, open up my Bible and I'd start to teach, all these kids suddenly started raising their hands. Yeah, what's going on, man? What's up? I got to go potty. And then he's got to go potty. And he's got to go potty. And, And we had this joke like it was like irritable bowel syndrome. And I called it Bible bladder. Right? So as soon as I started teaching, or as soon as anybody started teaching the Bible, every kid had to pee. Not during the game, not during the music, not during the video, not during you know snack time, but anytime we had the Bible time, got to pee. I thought like this changes with adults, it doesn't change with adults. Adults have Bible bladder too. Like suddenly Bible's open, I gotta pee. Listen, I, I get it. And there are people who've approached me and said um, that like in service, like they have to leave because of there's a medical thing. I understand that. And most of the time they sit in the very back row. Like I know a guy that sits in a certain spot so that he can get out and he can go do that. Um, empty your bladder, fill your cup. I was, a, I was a part of a church before where they had cup holders before they had communion cup holders. So that told you what their thought process was, right? We want a really nice coffee shop. We want people to bring their drinks in here. Oh, shoot, we're going to take communion too. Um, so listen, we're in a culture where a lot of people are uh, drinking coffee. I don't care. As I record this, I'm, I got my coffee right here. Um, I, I bring a water in for me because I'm getting ready to talk and communion, that juice is kind of sticky in your mouth and I already get cotton mouth. So, um, again, 
go to the bathroom, grab a coffee, bring it in. Now, I'm still kind of weird when people bring like food in. Like I want to go like, <laughs> how long are we going to be in here? Like you, brought, like you're bringing snacks in, like survival packs or something to be in here. Uh, if you have your three year old in there, it, yeah, she needs some you know food or something. Uh, but again, come on, like again. So when you walk in there, empty your bladder, fill your cup. If you can't make it an hour. You are the absolute worst road trip person then if you can't make an hour and not have to go pee. I don't know how you get anywhere in a road trip that you can't get down the road for more than an hour without having to go to the bathroom. So if you go, well, I have to pee all the time, then don't bring a coffee in. Don't bring a Mountain Dew in. Don't bring a beverage in. When you get up, everybody looks at you. And I know there are people who don't care. And, and listen, they're, they're okay with that. There are times you're going to have to get up. It might be that you know your kid's number got called and you have to go. It might be that you just, boy, it, it, I have to go. You know, I get it. There's times you have to get up. I have a knee thing going on right now. And our last weekend sitting in church, I, I thought, man, our, our pews are absolutely uncomfortable for what, what was hurting my knee. And I moved about eight different times. But every time I moved, I thought, man, I know people are seeing me do this. Like I'm distracting the people behind me. Think about that. It's not about you. I'm not trying to make you paranoid. What I'm trying to do is make you think about there's other people involved in this. And so... Again, I've seen people who suddenly turn into parent of the year, man. You got to check on your kid five times during service. If they need you, they'll get you. Like if your kid's that bad, they'll come get you. I'm a former children's pastor. If your kid is that bad, we will hunt you down and we will find you. If needed, we will drag him into you. I promise you that. I promise you we will get you. So if nobody's coming to get you yet, they're good, you're good. If you want the perk of bringing your kid to a children's ministry environment, leave them alone and let them be there. I'm going to assume you don't drive by the school three times a day and peek through the window or security is going to come get you. Like we just, we just don't do that. So again, sit down. And I know why people get up sometimes. They just don't want to be in there. Sit down. Those who get up the most need to be in there the most. Probably that's that's my gut feeling. Those who get up the most probably need to hear what's being said or worship or sung or whatever the most. And so, um, Number five, open your Bible, close your yap. These could be like great uh, mission statements for churches, right? Um, Open your Bible, close your yap. This is what happens when I sit and just ponder the stuff. So um, I I found this out. If you open your Bible, you will get more out of what is being said. Again, last weekend, I got to hear our pastor, our associate pastor preach and did a great job. And I opened my Bible and I tracked along. And so when he went to verse 32, I went to verse 32. And when he was done with 32, I'd keep looking and see what was being said. And uh, open your Bible, close your yap. I don't need to be talking to the people around me. Uh, Slide them a note if you have to. Or I've I've even sent text messages to people. Hey, can you check on this? Uh, But we get in there. Let's try to eliminate things that are distracting. Again, depending on how your environment's set up, some people have balconies, some people have like the fan shape, some people have like the shotgun style where it's just, you know, depending on your setup, it's, it's going, noise is going to be different. Depending on like the doors, like I know when you have a second or third service, there'll be people who are waiting for that service to end and come in and you can always hear them. And there's nothing you're going to do about that. Unless the preacher wraps it up sooner, there's just not a lot you can do about it. Um, but don't add to the noise. Like, don't add to the mix. Um, again, that's one of the reasons that we have children's environments. Um, I don't always agree with the reasons, but it's one of the reasons we have children's environments so that your kids can be less distracting during church, that you can focus. Again, it's not so you can drop them off and just hang out for an hour. We want to get something from it. If you're not getting something from church, what are you doing? 
Like, why would you even get up and go, and go do that? Come with the expectation that, that you're going to grow, that you're going to uh, get something out of us. I, I think that's, that's so important that we come anticipating God's going to do something in my life, that God's going to uh, change me in, in, in some way, that God's going to change my home. One of the guys said that, um, I think it was in the closed group, that you come with the idea, you come with the idea that you're going to get something from it. And then that you're going to, in turn, uh, share that with your family. Like that you come intentionally looking for some. And I'm looking at my notes right here. I can't remember who said that. Um, but that you're going to come with it. Um, this is what he said. He said, listen well enough that you can talk with your family about the sermon, the songs, and whatever else happened in service. If they have questions, you should be able to talk about it with them. That is five string text. It's at five string text on Twitter. Good guy. Good follow. How many times, how many times, honestly, do you go to church with the intent of of gathering and gleaning as much as you can so that you can go home and share that with your home? Whether it's a roommate, whether it's a girlfriend, wife, children, how many times do we do that? And as pastors, we have to do a better job of, of laying that application out. Here's what you do with this. I hope, I, the hope is that people are sitting in our services going, okay, give me something from the word of God. I want to be changed by it. And then I want to go home and I want to apply it. I think what happens is we don't apply it and we live however we want to live. And then you want to call the pastor and say, hey, can I get a counseling session? Because, you know, and you, you know, what, what's been going on? Well, nothing good's been going on. It's because you, we've done, we've been there, but we haven't done anything with it. So guys, if you're a Christian or you're a churchgoer and you're consistently going, go with the anticipation that you're going to get something out of it. Bring a pen, bring a notebook, write in your bulletin, whatever you need to use to, to use, take notes on your phone, whatever you need to do with the idea that I want to learn this in such a way that I could tell somebody else about it. So we sit down, we open our Bible. Again, if you track with the guy who's speaking, it goes a lot quicker. Um, here's number six. Again, this is... Stay and talk, but don't shut it down, okay? Stay and talk, but do not shut it down. There's a balance between hanging out a bit after service and being the person that they're actually closing the lights behind you as you're walking out the door. There's a delicate balance there. Again, if you come to church at a decent time, you'll get to talk to everybody, right? You'll get to talk to everybody. You can have fresh coffee, you can have fresh donuts, cookies, whatever your thing is. You get to hang out, talk. There's no time restraints until service starts happening. A lot of services now have a countdown video. I know we do. It tells you three minutes, two minutes, whatever. Um, that's, that's your cue. Stay and talk. We love for people to stay and talk. I know for us, uh, there was a weekend where I was at the door and nobody was walking out of the door. I'm like, what is going on? And one of the elders came and got me and he said, look at this. And there was people standing around. They were all talking. That, you want that. But don't be the guy or girl or family who's the last one out the door. Again, think about that. There are people, there are people who are designated to lock doors in every church. They don't want to leave you in the building. They don't want to leave you in the park. They are responsible to be the people that lock the door. So if something were to happen in the building, we're going to call them and go, hey, what, what happened? Like, what time did you leave? What? So they're trying to get you out too. You know what they're trying to do? They want to go eat with their family. They want to go to their house. They want to watch the ball game. They want to get on the road to the event. They want to see their kid play ball. There are people whose role is to lock the door. So uh, a tip would be, don't be the person who's the last one out the door. Like honor them, respect them and say, Hey man, I, I, I get it that they want to do something else too. hang around. But there's a window of time hanging around, all right? If you want to hang out, first things first, go get your kid. Go get your kid out of the children's ministry. Check them out first, then hang out. Our church has an environment Our church has an environment where kids can hang out and play. 
I love it. It's a great space, great environment. Um, and I love that parents hang out in there and watch their kids do this stuff. Uh, too many parents just kind of neglect them and go, oh, they're fine. And then later on asking you if you've seen them. Um, stay there, man. Get Hang out there with them. Listen, you got your kids. We're going to give you a lot more grace how long to talk. So another tip would be, man, hang out, talk for a while, but don't shut the building down. Again, if you're the guy and they're flicking lights behind you, um, it's been it's long enough, right? And, and I've seen this in all different. I've seen us like have to chase kids upstairs, downstairs. Um, we used to have like not where I'm at now, but police and different like looking for kids uh, where you can't find a kid. They'd have to shut the parking lot down so nobody else could leave. That is an inconvenience for everybody just because of that parent. Um, wasn't paying attention to their kids, and uh, it, it's it's un, it's unfortunate. Uh, the last one is this number seven: um, expect to participate, not consume. Man, take a turn, take a turn. Uh, this is always a delicate balance because we want everybody to serve. Again, as a former children's pastor, not everybody um, should be working in children's ministry. Not everybody. People should. There are people who should. There's a lot of people who I think should be in there or would be great value in there, but you just can't get them to do it. Um, that's okay. It can be frustrating, but that's okay. You want good people working with, in your nursery, right? Like if you bring your baby to church, you want good people in there. Help us get good people in there. Like help us do that. Uh, you want people who will, you don't want someone who picks their nose making your croissants for Sunday morning, right? Like you don't want the lady who sneezes all the time to be the person who's preparing all the beverages and stuff for Sunday morning. Amen. Okay. Uh, you need people who know what they're doing when they pass communion. You need people who know what they're doing, who prepare it, who fold bulletins, who work the parking lot, who are greeters, who are your prayer team. Like we need people, but you also need to be in a healthy season. And so what you have to do is if you're not in a healthy season, you have to say, hey, this is not for me. But your goal in an unhealthy season should be to get healthy. Do the things to get you healthy. Right? So if someone said, look, you have cancer, you got to quit smoking, and you go outside and you keep puffing on cigarettes, you're going, I have no desire to get healthy. In a sense, that's what a lot of people are doing in churches. We're coming, but without a desire to really get healthy. Um, these tips are hopefully going to drive us and move us towards a place of health. God accepts you exactly where you are. Your church should accept you exactly where you are. If we had a guy come to our church, I don't know, it's been like a maybe a year ago, maybe not quite a year ago, and he told me when he walked in that day, two things. The first thing was this, he had never been to a church. So he had no idea what to expect. So I said, we're going to do, we're going to do like four songs and someone's going to get up. They're going to pass around communion. Um, you don't, don't take that. There's going to be an offering plate. Don't put anything in that. I'm going to talk for a while. When I'm done talking, this guy's going to get up and sing. And so I basically broke down the service for him. He had never, ever been to church. The other thing was he was embarrassed by what he was wearing. He wore like gym shorts, uh, socks pulled up to his knees, uh, a t-shirt. He just didn't have like church clothes. I, I could care less what you're wearing. Like, as long as it's not, like, inappropriate or, you know, like, again, I, I could care less what you're wearing. Now, if you're on a stage, I do care what you're wearing. If you're in front of other people, I do care what you wear. I, because, again, we're staring at you for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, or and we're, at, we're saying that you're a leader. So I do care at that point. But if you're an attender, a member, I'm not really that concerned about what you wear. Um, again, if it's uh, really inappropriate, we'll find the right context maybe to try to have a conversation. Um but I don't know. I don't know how that works. And I can't say a hard, fast rule. But again, expect to participate, not consume. If you and your wife are working on marriage and you work, find a role that you two can serve together and commit to it. I'll see people, couples who will commit and one of them will start to fall off and they're both fall. So I just lost two volunteers 
because the two of them can't, you know, work on their marriage because they can't get along and they don't no, no commit to it. Like be that example. If I could implore people to do anything, I'd say move towards health. Stop doing stupid things. Stop doing things that sabotage you. Stop doing things that you know are going to hurt you. Stop living in brokenness. Stop being the victim. Stop being the martyr. Stop living like a jack wagon. Why don't you start living like a man, like a man of God? And if you don't know what a man lives like, get yourself some biographies. Get yourself some books on men who have lived before you and look at their habits, look at their hobbies, look how they treated people and copy that. Maybe try that. I'd love to say read the Bible and look at Jesus, but sometimes for some guys, I think that's just too hard. Get a a Teddy Roosevelt book. Get an Alvin York book. Get guys who are dudes, who are men, who took a stand and said, this is my conviction. Be a man who lives with unwavering conviction, not tossed around by the sea, by whatever happens to... Be a man that when you walk into your church, you add value to it. You don't just consume. Where's my childcare? Where's my coffee? Where's my seat? Where's my bulletin? Where's my songs? Where's my... No, 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 no. Be a man who's going to show up and add value to it. At some point, men, we got to grow up. At some point, it's not cute and funny to be that guy. At some point, we have to be a man with a presence who says, I am going to change my legacy. I'm not going to live like that anymore. I'm not going to be that guy. When, when I'm at, on my deathbed, I can say, you know what? I did everything I could. I tried to live with integrity. I tried to live in purity. I tried to live above reproach. I tried to make sure my kids knew Jesus. I, wanted, I tried to make sure my kids knew I love them. I want my wife to know that, she, that I love her. Let's be those guys. Our churches are dying. They're dying. They're closing doors all over the country. I can't speak for all over the world, but I'm telling you, all over the country, church doors are closing because men don't give a crap. Because they don't, because they refuse to grow up. They refuse to grow up. Churches are filled with boys who act the same as a married man as they did when they were in the youth group. Like, be that guy. Be that guy of the presence. Take your faith serious. Take your influence serious. We need people to do that. Our churches are starving. Starving for men to have a presence. Starving for men to say, I will stand in the gap. I'll be that guy. Starving for men who will say, what time do we pray? I'm going to be here. You know how hard it is to get guys to show up to pray? really hard, really, really hard. If you didn't know the answer, it's really difficult. Uh, It's really hard. And so you get older guys who come, but who's going to stand in the gap when they can't be there anymore? Because the younger generation goes, I'm not I can't do that. Church is a place we should have a responsibility. It's not a building you just attend. It's not like the Kiwanis club or something you just show up to and say, well, what are we having today? Oh, good. That, That sounds good. No, it's a place that you make an investment that you anchor down and say, this is my church home. This is where I'm going to be. This is a place that's going to know I was here. This is a place that my kids are going to grow up and say, man, my dad brought me through this door every week. There were weeks that I knew he didn't want to be here, but he got me here every week. Man, when we do that, we're going to be a healthier man. Ask yourself, how healthy spiritually are you right now? How spiritually healthy are you right now? And whose fault is that? Whose fault? What what can you do to rectify that? What can you do to change that? How spiritually healthy are you right now? The second thing is this. How spiritually healthy is your home? 
Not like, hey, we're, we're kind of cool. We had a good night last night. But how spiritually healthy is your home? That was a prayer request on my mind last night. Like, God, I, I pray for your Holy Spirit. But, man, I, I need to do things that invite the Holy Spirit in this place. I need to be more active spiritually in my home. I need to do that because I haven't been doing that very well at all. been very selfish. How spiritually healthy is my home? And then how spiritually healthy is my church? And you should care whatever those answers are, all three of those. Yourself, your home, and your church. Because your church will not be healthy if all of our homes are all jacked up. Your church will not be healthy if men do not take this serious. And again, if you're, if there's two guys I'm talking to you right now. If you're a Christian guy, or claim to be a Christian guy, or a church-going guy, these, these tips are for you. And these are not rules. These are just tips. These are things that I'd say, hey, consider it. Consider showing up on time. Consider picking a service. Consider getting involved. Uh, consider going to the bathroom before service starts. Consider checking your kids in and just staying in your seat and, and worshiping. Considering opening your Bible. You know, consider getting involved. These are things I'm just recommending. These aren't rules. These are just tips. If you're a non-Christian guy and you're going, okay, I don't know what church is. These are just things that we're trying to get guys to do. So we just want you to show up if you're a non-Christian guy. If you're a Christian guy, we're not looking for you just to show up anymore. We're looking for you to have a presence. We're looking for you to make a difference for the kingdom. But again, if you're a non-Christian guy, you don't go to church, this is all new to you, man, we just want to get you in the door. And what my hope is that you'd be surrounded by good dudes that will show you what a man looks like, what a man of God looks like, what a godly family looks like. That's what I hope. I hope you'll find those guys, get connect to those guys. And um, again, we'll just be healthier together. We say it all the time in our church. We want to pursue health, maturity, and Jesus. That's where we're at. So guys, I want to thank you for uh, the guys on the live video checking this out. Um, there's nobody on YouTube, but that video on YouTube and then certainly the podcast. If you're listening to podcasts, I'd love for you guys to click subscribe, go to iTunes, click subscribe. Um, if you're there, when you're there, leave a five-star review. That would be incredible. Thank you to the guys that have already done that. Uh, man, I can't thank you enough for, for doing that. Um, YouTube, if you click subscribe, there's a video at least a week that goes up there. I'm going to start using that, uh, a bit more. And, uh, again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're on all those places. And the idea is that there's this different content, for different platforms. Not every platform um, would lend itself well. I, I wouldn't do a live video on all the platforms. I, I wouldn't do something like this on Instagram this long and this just because it doesn't fit. So different content, different platforms. I'd love for you guys to check us out there. And then the best thing you can do is invite your friends to check it out as well. We want to get better together. And so as you add people to the story, whether it's adding them to the closed group or telling them, hey, check out this podcast or whatever, sharing things, liking things, commenting on things, all that stuff keeps the conversation going. So guys, can't thank you enough. Can't thank you enough for listening, checking this out. And uh, I will talk to you soon. One thing you will see is that you're loved by this king and you ain't born to be. Average Joe